Well, it's kind of interesting because every one of these tracks that we've been uh, talking to you about, we're probably going to also be delivering these on live radio. And, um, you know, every time you give a message, it comes out in a different way. It comes out uh, uh, unique each time. You can have the exact same scriptures, the exact same outlines, and still give a different message, even though it's the same. So... I want to talk to you about something right now that every single one of us has probably had to deal with more often than we'd care to admit, really. At least that's the case for me. Turn with me in your Bibles, please, uh, to the sixth chapter uh, of the book of Matthew. Matthew chapter 6. I'm going to begin reading at 25, and I'm going to read all the way through 34. Matthew 6, 25 through 34 as we discuss briefly we're not going to be here long but i want to talk to you about overcoming worry overcoming worry and the first thing i want to say before i even read the text <clears throat> before i even uh, open this up a little bit by the help and grace of the holy spirit when we say overcoming worry we have to understand that this is a lifelong process seems like that we get a victory uh, in the area of worry. We get a victory over one particular thing that we've been troubled about or concerned about. And then something else comes along and we seem to fight the same battle again. There's two things about that. Number one, that's normal. Okay? So you're not necessarily a weak Christian or a bad Christian or anything like that. Uh, it's normal because Satan has had thousands of years to hone his weaponry to a razor's edge to try to come at the believer's faith. And so the Holy Spirit, of course, could give us uh, absolute and ultimate victory over worry. He could take it away from us all at once, but he doesn't do that. He takes us through step by step. He takes us through situation after situation, and he teaches us um, how to depend on him, how to depend upon the Lord and not depend upon ourselves or, or anything or anybody else. And so this is why the struggle, this is why the battle. Now that having been said, let me say this, it is possible for you to walk in victory. And it's possible, and in fact, normal growth would indicate to us that perhaps I can cast my care on the Lord a little quicker this time than I did the last battle I was in. And the next battle that comes my way I should be able to cast the care of it on the Lord a little quicker then than I do this time. Also, to take into consideration before we read our scripture, is again, you want to keep in your mind and in your focus something we talked about in the second message in the Courage series. When we talked about adversity uh, is a boot camp for the believer. And there are different levels of adversity. There's different levels of worry. Worry in and of itself is an adversity. But there are different levels of worry. And so each one that we face off with in the spirit, 
is another lesson that the Lord teaches us. So th those are two uh, considerations as we enter into this little message today. Number one, it's normal to have the battle. And number two, you can have victory. You can, C-A-N, period, have victory over worry. And we're not going to talk about the scripture today that says cast your cares upon the Lord. Ultimately, beloved, that is your answer. Ultimately, to have victory over worry, it is cast your cares upon him for he careth for you. Uh, take it to take your burden to the Lord, take your worry to the Lord, and leave it there. That is the ultimate victory. There are steps, however, uh, often that we must take to get there. And there are other problems besides just the fact that the believer is worried. The worry can be indicators of something else going on that God wants to deal with. Okay, so we cast our cares, yes, and if we cast those cares, but the root problem has not been addressed, and that root problem could be one of a million things, and it'll be different for every person, and different in every situation. But if we don't take care of the root problem, chances are we will run back to where we cast our cares, and we will pick them up again. Because there's something going on besides just the worry. We're not going to deal with that tonight. But in talking about overcoming worry, let's read what Jesus himself taught the people in Matthew chapter 6. Beginning with verse 25, he says this, Therefore I say to you, I'm reading from the New King James Version today, Therefore I say to you, do not worry about your life, what you will eat or what you will drink, nor about your body what you will put on. Is not life more than food, and the body more than clothing? Look at the birds of the air, for they neither sow nor reap, nor gather into barns. Yet your heavenly Father feeds them. Are you not of more value than they? Which of you, by worrying, can add one cubit to his stature? So why do you worry about clothing? Consider the lilies of the field, how they grow, they neither toil nor spin, and yet I say to you that even Solomon in all of his glory <clears throat> was not arrayed like one of these. Now if God so clothes the grass of the field, which today is and tomorrow is thrown into the oven, will he not much more clothe you, O you of little faith? Therefore, do not worry, saying, now look at the, the link between worry and saying. Look at that link. I'm going to finish the scripture in a minute, but I want, to, I, want to, I want you to see this as God showed it to me. He said, therefore, do not worry, saying. You're either going to talk faith or worry. Faith or doubt, faith or fear, but you can't talk both. So he says, the worried thought might come into your mind, but he said you're worried when you say it. Meaning that when it's still in the thought stage in your head, you can cast it down. But once you begin to speak it out of your mouth, it begins to take root in your heart. Let's look at that again. 
It's important so we won't get in a hurry with this. Therefore, do not worry, saying, as long as, let's just say, Satan brings me a thought of worry, a thought of fear, a thought of doubt, whatever the case might be. As long as that stays just in my head as a thought, I can cast it down and move on. But when I speak it out of my mouth, and I'm not talking about some goofy kind of magical speaking formulas or whatever, you know, I'm not talking about name it and claim it and all of that, but once I begin to speak Satan's thought of worry out of my mouth, I begin to speak it, it then begins to grow larger and can ultimately take root in my heart. So Jesus understood this, and he said, Therefore do not worry, saying, What shall we eat? Or what shall we drink? Or what shall we wear? All of that shows a lack of faith, see? For after all these things the Gentiles seek. For your heavenly Father knows that you need all these things. But seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness. And all these things shall be added to you. Therefore, do not worry about tomorrow, for tomorrow will worry about its own things. Sufficient for the day is its own trouble. Now, of course, as we've read all those verses of Scripture, and you can see that there are many things we could say uh, in this message. But we're going to keep a real simple little word for today. If we were to dig into every one of these verses and, and do word studies and look at all of it, we could preach probably a, a, an eight-part series on it and still only scratch the surface. But today I want to point out, in a message entitled Overcoming Worry, the word worry means to divide. It's a dividing of your mind, but it's also a dividing, in a sense, of your soul and your spirit. Because... What is the soul of man? His mind, his will, and his emotions. The spirit, of course, is the part of you that is born again. Your spirit man is the part of you that has the victory. Your spirit man is the part of you that enjoys position with Christ. Now, in your soulical self, in your soulical man, if that starts warring against your spirit, you see, they should not be divided. But the Bible says that the Word of God divides asunder between the soul and the spirit. What does that mean? Your soulical man is your mind, your will, and your emotions. Worry can just flat out tear up your emotions. So you want your soulical man to be lined up with your spirit. Remember, that's the part of you, the new man. The part of you that got born again. The part of you uh, that has position and victory with Christ. So when you bring your soul, your mind, your will, and your emotions in line with your spiritual man, how do you do that? Well, you do it first of all through faith in Jesus Christ, and secondly through the Word of God, and thirdly through prayer, and fourth through fasting. And we could go on and on and list several other tools that the Holy Spirit uses to help you to bring your soul into submission to your spiritual man. And there are spiritual realities that we actually can bring in to the realm we live in 
the more we stay in the Word of God. Alright? But I'm going to stop right there because like I said, we could preach hour after hour after hour on this subject. But we want the soul of man to be lined up with his spirit. And we don't want to let our soul get lined up with the evil one. Satan is waging war on the souls of believers. And I'm not talking about in that statement that he's going to take your salvation. I'm talking about Satan is waging war on the mind, the will, and the emotions of believers. And so in order to see this stopped, we get into the Word of God and we choose, we make a conscious choice to believe Christ, to trust Christ in every area of our life. So worry means, first of all, to divide. It means to tear. It means to rip apart, to pull in opposite directions, okay? So, in other words, worry is, all right, I've got God's promise here that He's going to meet my needs, but now I'm going to worry by saying, I don't know what I'm going to do. I don't know where I'm going to get it. I don't know how it's going to happen. Where am I going to find it? And so now it's being ripped apart, torn asunder, and there's this gigantic pull in opposite directions between my soul and the promises of God. That's what we don't want to see happen. So to be anxious, according to the Scripture, is to be torn apart by our circumstances. Here's the thing that really puts faith to the test, because oftentimes our circumstances look one way, our circumstances are one thing in appearances, but the promises of God is quite another. And so the, the battle comes in, the warfare comes in, and it is mostly in the solical part. It can sometimes also be in the physical realm. It comes in to get us to agree with circumstances instead of the Word of God. Worry is one of the chief weapons in the enemy's arsenal in doing that. On the other hand, concern is a legitimate emotion that sometimes helps us focus on real problems. And sometimes a genuine godly concern can provide enough spiritual energy to respond with a godly solution. So if you want to see that in Scripture, look up Psalm 55.22, Luke 12.22, and Philippians 4.6. So it's a fine line that we have to walk between worry and godly concern. You know, we're concerned about everybody that they'd hear the gospel and receive Christ and be saved. That's a godly concern. But we do not worry about how God's going to get us the money to do that. We stand upon His Word, and we claim the promises, and we believe that we receive the funds and the finances and the health and the strength and the energy that we need to preach the gospel. So we have to be understanding uh, of that as we talk about overcoming worry. Three times in this text, Jesus says, do not worry. He says it in, we're in Matthew 6, he says it in verse 25, verse 31, and verse 34. And in the body of this text, he gives us five reasons why we should not worry. Number one, in verse 25 we see that worry is inconsistent. 
It's inconsistent. Remember I told you in a message not long ago that one of the chief things that God's after in our life is consistency of faith. Consistency, stability. Worry is inconsistent. If we can trust Jesus to provide us with our life, can't we also trust him to provide us with our daily needs? See, so we, uh, the, the scripture says a double-minded man is unstable in all his ways. Let not that man think he'll receive anything from the Lord. So worry is inconsistent. Secondly, in verse 26, it's, it tells us that worry is irrational. If our Lord cares for the birds, will he not also care for us since we are more valuable than birds? That comes as quite a shock to some of the environmentalists. But humanity is of more value than birds. And if God will care for the birds, then God will most certainly care for us. So worry is irrational. Thirdly, worry is ineffective. In the 27th verse, the question is posed, who among us can add one cubit, which is the length uh, from our elbow to the tip of our middle finger, to our stature by worrying? Can you worry about it and get taller? Can you worry about it and worry about it and prevent any event from happening? Can you worry about anything and all of a sudden that thing manifests itself and what are you going to do if you, don't, if you aren't armed with the Word of God? See, worry is ineffective. Worry will not prevent a tragedy. Worry will not prevent a crisis. Worry will not reverse a disease. Worry is ineffective. The thing that will do all of those things, the thing that will prevent tragedies, avert crises, and remove diseases is the Word of Almighty God. So we need to fill our minds and our hearts and our wills and our emotions and our spirit, man. We need to fill up on the Word of God and we need to be ready at a moment's notice to stand on the promises that God has given us in His Word. Hallelujah. So we see the first three. Worry is inconsistent. That's in verse 25. Worry is irrational, verse 26. Worry is ineffective, verse 27. And fourthly, worry is illogical. And that's chapter 6, verses 28 through 30. If God can clothe the lilies of the field, can he not also clothe us? You see, we talked first about animal life, the birds. Now here's plant life, the lilies of the field. You don't see either animal or plant life fretting, running all around. I don't know what I'm going to do. You don't see that out of anything but man. Why is that? It's because, as we said earlier, this warfare that takes place, Satan is after, he's waging, he's after your faith, and he's waging war against your souls, your mind, your will, and your emotions. But worry is illogical. Because we can see that in the grand scheme of things, God takes care of all of His creation in their entirety. Now, here's the thing that enters in with man, and for today's lesson, we'll just touch on this briefly. You can find yourself in want, 
W-A-N-T. You can, C-A-N, find yourself in want, W-A-N-T, through negligence, through irresponsibility, through a lack of godly concern. All of those things could put you in a place where your needs aren't being met. And it wouldn't be God's fault, it would be your fault. But God tells us in His Word the things that we can do to aid Him in supplying our provision. You know, we go to work. We spend frugally. We budget. Whatever the case might be. We prepare our food in a certain way so it's healthy for our bodies. On and on and on we can go. So it's not that we can say, well, I'm not going to worry about anything and then just go sit on the beach all day or take an attitude of whatever is going to happen is going to happen. You know, we're not going to worry, so, well, we don't need to pray. God's just going to do it. Well, no, God's not going to just do it. When the Scripture says pray about all things, so when we have a need in our life, that falls up under the category of all things. So we take that need to the Lord. And we pray about it, and we get His mind on it, and we, we, we just you know stand on the promises of God, and then we go out and start hunting us a job, or, or whatever the case might be, or if we're sick, you know, go to the doctor. Get started on a treatment plan while you believe God for your healing. You know, we do what He has put within our grasp to do, and He supplies the rest. But worry is illogical. God is in control. God is sovereign and He will take care of us. And He has given us instructions on life in the Word of God. Plus, He's given us His promises. Plus, He does this stuff for us supernaturally also at times. So worry is illogical. And fifthly, in verses 31 and 32 of chapter 6 of Matthew, we see worry is irreligious. Worry is almost blasphemous in one sense of the word. When we worry, we act just like those people who are unsaved who do not know God. In this case, he was telling the disciples not to act like the Gentiles. So when we worry, we act like God's a liar. We act like God's not going to keep his promises. We act like God doesn't have any power. He can't take care of us. It's irreligious. It's blasphemous to worry. Alright, now remember what I told you at the beginning of the lesson? The battle is normal. We're all tempted to get off into worry. We all worry at one time or another. But that doesn't change the truth of these statements. I'm going to read them again to you as we get ready to close. Worry is inconsistent. Worry is irrational, ineffective, and illogical, and worry is irreligious. To avoid worrying, we need a system of priorities. So in the 33rd verse, Jesus gave us the priority that will deliver us from worry. He said, seek first the kingdom of God and His righteousness. So our first and foremost concern is the Lord. Our first and foremost concern is growing in grace and the knowledge of the Lord. And as we do this and become consumed by Jesus, He takes care of us. You know, I've never been shortchanged by the Lord in my entire life. I've made some mistakes that cost me, 
But it wasn't God's fault. Alright? And so, even though the battle is normal, and even though we've all done it at one time or another, remember the second point I told you? We can have victory over worry. And the Scripture tells us, I don't, I don't have it here because I didn't plan to go there tonight, but cast your cares upon the Lord, for He careth for you. Cast your cares upon the Lord, for He careth for you. He cares for you. And He will supply your needs. He will bring healing. He will bring grace in time of failure. Whatever the need might be, we needn't worry about it. And I believe that we can grow, even though, I, as I told you at the beginning of the lesson, I believe we're going to fight the battle our entire lives. But I believe we can go from victory to victory and from glory to glory. And it's time today, if we need a little help in that area, to commit ourselves again to the Word of God, to the promises of God. Commit ourselves to run to the Lord in time of need, casting our cares upon Him because He cares for us. And it's time to recommit to the Word of Almighty God. And God will bring us from victory to victory, from glory to glory, over worry, over fear, over depression, and over everything else that the enemy is trying to use to wage war against our souls. Hallelujah to the Lamb forever. Victory is in Jesus. And that's the final point. Victory over worry or anything else is to be found in only one place. Victory is to be found in the blood of Jesus Christ. And that will never change, dear friend. I don't care how many weapons Satan has. He doesn't have more than God. And all God needs is one weapon. The blood of Jesus. Hallelujah. But he has others. He's got the power of the Holy Ghost. He's got the written word of Almighty God. He's gotten the gifts of the Spirit and the fruit of the Spirit. And all of this God has at his disposal so that we can defeat the enemy and win the victory for the Lord Jesus Christ. Can you say amen? And I believe it. I believe victory is ours. Even if we, if we go right out of here and have a worried thought about something, remember I told you, that's normal. But what you do with it after that, remember Jesus said in that 31st verse, therefore do not worry saying. So when we, when we are worried in our minds, let's start talking about the Word of God. Let's start speaking out the promises of God. Let's start saying to ourselves what God said to us in His Word. And that will defeat worry. Amen. Stay under the blood of Jesus. That will defeat worry. Amen. So we need a system of priority which God gave us. Seek first the kingdom of heaven and His righteousness. And secondly then, we need a strategic program. Do not worry about tomorrow because tomorrow is going to worry about its own things. Sufficient for the day is its own trouble. So what is that saying? That doesn't say don't have a careless attitude. What it says is when tomorrow gets here and you need the supply, the supply will be here then. But, you know, Jesus said, he prayed, give us this day our daily bread. And when tomorrow gets here, buddy, your bread's going to be there. 
When tomorrow gets here, it's sufficient for its own trouble. When tomorrow gets here, you will have the power from heaven that you need to walk free of worry, glory to God, to seek the kingdom of God first and His righteousness. Hallelujah. When you need the provision, provision will be there. But this isn't just talking about material things. This could be worry over anything. Amen? Praise God. So there's three times in our text where Jesus says don't. And I'm going to close by saying something that you've been hearing me say a lot lately. Because we live, unfortunately, in a time when people are prone to excuses. So I, I feel compelled by the Holy Ghost to say this. God would not tell you not to do something if He did not intend to give you the power to not do it. The battle is always with our flesh and with self and with us. The problem is never with God. And so if we are fighting worry, we're missing it somewhere. And we just need to humble ourselves before God, ask Him to show us where we're missing it, repent of, of where we're missing it, and ask Him to fill us to overflowing with His Holy Spirit. Alright? Because if Jesus said three times, do not worry then Jesus is going to give me the power to do not worry. Come on, somebody. Jesus is going to give me enough power to overcome worry. Not in my own self, but because of the blood of Christ. There's enough power in the blood of Jesus to set humanity free of everything. If we just learn how to plead the blood again, if we learn how to get back in the altar, glory to God, and plead the blood once more, we would see people getting delivered right and left, I believe. And today, I want us delivered of worry. Glory to God. And the next time the enemy brings some to you, begin to say what God's Word says. Begin to rehearse the promises, not the problems. And I want to tell you something. God cares about our problems, and He knows we got them. But I'll tell you this, God had the answer before you ever had the problem. Amen? So we need to look with spiritual eyes through the promises of God, through the Word of Almighty God, and let the Lord deliver us today. He tells us not to do it, He gives us power not to do it, and He will lead us into victory. Praise God. Heavenly Father, thank you today for this few moments with the people. Lord God, I ask that you help us all. Oh God, I plead the blood to mantle us right now, to wash us in the blood of Jesus, to help us, to strengthen us against worry and against hopelessness and against despondencies and fears. Lord God, break their power just now by the blood of Jesus. And help us to focus on you, Lord, and on your promises. And help us to believe the word as we've never before believed it. Help us, Lord. We turn it over to you now. Those things that trouble us. Those things that weigh us down. Those things that have worried us. We turn it over to you now. And we ask you to bring your words, your promises, your Holy Spirit to bear in our hearts. Like arrows of deliverance. Setting us free. And we claim our freedom now in Jesus' name. And everybody would say, Amen and Amen.